Hello and welcome to Snapchat. This is your host, Jaron Main. Now, my guest today started off life as a linguist, graduating from Southampton University before joining PwC as a management consultant. Following two years there, he had then went on to work for a variety of clients in the SAP market before setting up Harlex Consulting, a data migration company in 2009. In 2016, Harlex was acquired by SNP, where Ben was a UKMD. Ben recently has set up a new organisation, Xmateria, a data transformation organisation. Ben, welcome to SAPChat. Hi, Jaron. How are you? I'm very well indeed. All the better from... Uh, Speaking to you, my friend. Now, of course, I'll get rid of the uh, the buttering up early on, so you say. So, um, the last time we spoke actually was episode two. You were my second guest, and at the time, you were the MD of SNP. Um, I'm really interested in X Materia. I've seen it um, on online. I've seen LinkedIn. Um, we've had conversations around data migration before, but I'm I'm really interested in. Your motivation for for setting up X Materia, and, and just for our listeners who who may not know about it, a, a little bit more about the organisation. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think I think when we spoke last time, yeah, it was January twenty twenty, wasn't it? Twenty twenty one, maybe. Um, just as we were going into that second lockdown. Yeah. Um, I was I was just going into six months off work, hoping to to have a nice long extended holiday and then of course ended up homeschooling for the next three months. It, it all seems like a long time ago <laughs> still now. You've got the scars. Yeah. Um, I suppose like a lot of people, you know, COVID working from home, change of lifestyle encouraged, uh, you know, some change of thinking and, and, and I wanted to, to try something new. Um, but yeah, in terms of X materia and, and what we're doing and, and why, I suppose what if it feels at the moment for, to, to me, particularly in, in and around people in the, in the SAP market, that there's a, there's a number of things coming together, uh, a number of factors, technical, technological change, and, and also business change, hmm. um, all of which are leading to the kind of work that we do with, with customers. So it feels like a good time. So for example, um, you know, two to three years ago, if you talk to a company about cloud, moving to cloud, hmm. Maybe they were going to do it. Maybe they weren't. I think that's changed. That that's that seems to be completely reversed now. And yep. and, and every company you speak to, every SAP customer is either on cloud or moving to cloud. Yeah. That that change is is now happening. Um, we obviously got S4HANA. You know, hmm. the vast majority of SAP customers will move to S4HANA or have moved to to S4HANA. Um, off the back of COVID and, and the change across various industries, we've seen a lot of mergers and acquisition, a lot of divestments. Mm -hmm. um, and in response to changing ways of working, I think we're seeing it. And, and just a, a, a greater desire for resilience in, in businesses after going through such a shock, we're seeing a lot of business transformation. All of those things are leading to companies needing to understand their data, companies needing to move their data, some of those things are leading to companies needing to change or improve or remove their data. Hmm. And that, that's sort of where we sit at the crossroads of that, of that kind of business change and that technological change, helping companies move and transform their data. So it feels to me like the, you know, my, my, my personal reasons were, were there, but also as, as a, in, in terms of the market, hmm. I think there's a, I think there's a big market requirement for this kind of work. And I suppose in terms of, that competitor landscape, you've seen a lot of mid-sized 
SAP practices get swallowed up mm-hmm. over the last yeah. five years. Um, you know, Eden House, Keytree, Agility Works, they've all they've all been swallowed up into larger, you know, much larger big four or 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 SIs. Um, and then on the other side, you've got some of the smaller, still still fairly large businesses, but 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 smaller than, you know, a, a level or two down from the um, from the big four, um, where, which specialize in data, and they've essentially become technology companies. Mm. Um, so so you know they have their own software that has to sit at the heart of of everything they do, um, and it just felt to me like there was plenty of space in the market for a, a smaller specialist independent, maybe more customer-focused app data practice. And that's the aim. That's what we've been trying to to get started with and, and what we've been working on this year. And I think uh, picking up on the point you mentioned, what, I, what I'm seeing in conversations with clients, yes, there's that uh, focus about, you know, cloud, it, it being cloud first, cloud part of the mix, uh, and the motivations behind that. But there's also a huge focus in terms of, when I do move to, to S4, whether I'm planning that or whether I'm actually on the journey, about having this notion of a clean core and actually doing something about my data and recognising that it's not necessarily just lift, shift and upgrade. It's, it's about doing something fundamental before you go into that environment. Mm. Yeah, I think um, I mean, just on, on, your, on your cloud point there, I mean, there are... Um, I suppose there are, there are a number of projects that are being led um, led by cloud, as in as in this project is all about moving this company's SAP landscape and and wider IT estate to the cloud. Hmm. But also, cloud is is a secondary or side uh, factor in lots of other projects, hmm. you know, business transformation projects, move to S four projects, carve outs where you're carving out a divestment into the cloud. So I think cloud is now a factor in in almost all the SAP projects we're working on at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think you're right. There's it's it's not just technical change. There's there's business change and improvement. And I, and I think the best kind of if you took a say a, a customer who's moving to S4, the, the the strongest business cases are where that's not seen as say a purely technical project. So which means it's unlikely to be a system conversion they're probably off the back of some kind of wider business change and that and that's where you see the strongest business cases and the, and the most successful the most successful projects um and when when that's happening then then yeah there's going to be change to process and change to to data um we're, do, we're doing something at the moment with uh, we're working with uh, West Burton Energy, mm-hmm. um, helping to carve them off. Uh, so, so they were acquired from EDF Energy by EIG, and we're helping to carve them off uh, the EDF Energy central SAP system. Um, and that's a that's a move to cloud. That's a carve out. That's uh, an upgrade to S4. Mm. Um, it's uh, move them to new GL and new asset accounting. Um, EHS is new in S4 HANA. Um, so there's a lot of things going on there um, in a six-month timeline, yep. and and they're the kind of projects I think we're seeing more and more of. Um, and data sits at the heart of all of that. Um, and actually, we're, we're we're talking next week at the um, at the UKI SUG symposium. Yep. In I guess, but by the time this airs, it's probably two or three weeks in the past. But as we speak <laughs> at the moment, it's yeah. it's next week, um, and we're going to be talking with them there. And one of the lessons learned from their point of view 
was about focusing on data quality, um, particularly around things like the business partners, much more upfront. I think they hadn't quite realized ahead of time quite how much change was going to happen yeah. in those business partners and what that meant in terms of the it's not it's not so much data quality as in assessing poor data quality it's just the difference between you know the, the difference from the, the data that you've got now versus the the solution that you're moving into um, and I think that was one of the biggest lessons learned for them um, and a, I think you know data focus on data early focus on data is probably a, a fairly big lesson learned in most SAP projects. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's an issue in the past. It's still, you know, it's still happening time and time again, but um, it's, it's getting more and more important. Yeah, it, it is. And, and I remember I was going to write, I had a, a, an idea for a blog around, you know, our organizations now spending more on data than their applications and then i suddenly gave it a bit more thought that actually measuring in pure financial terms is is wrong actually are organizations spending more time and effort on data than their application and i think that is probably more on the money in terms of, of where you go and, and you're right s4 kind of acts like a catalyst because you know and i was having this conversation the other day in terms of how si's go to market traditionally life was very simple wasn't it you had an applications team you had a data team you had a, a platform team whatever it may be and those teams would go to market very very siloed and talk to customers in a very siloed way you can't do that any longer if you're having a conversation about migrating an s4 environment uh, onto the cloud then eventually it is about the cloud but it's also about their business transformation it's about their long-term mm. strategy it's about their data it's about security you know you, you need a different approach in the way that the, you you go to market and you're engaging those conversations yeah um i mean in terms of how much effort companies are spending on data um i was i was doing a bit of research into it last week actually um the number that, that seems to be out there in terms of the growth of data, just the world's data generally, right. yep. um, the, the the figures seem to be around that kind of 23% growth year on year, which you think doesn't sound that much, but that means the world's data is doubling every sort of three and a half years. Mm. So, you know, fast forward that, the, you know, it's, it's exponential growth in terms of data. Um, McKinsey had an article out around data, data management, and they coined the term data drunkenness in that there's just so much data that companies have to work with that um, and they they pose the question um, which is maybe similar to the one you're asking is that are they spending more time trying to manage the scale of their data mm. than really to extract the value out of it um, and that that sort of brings us to that to the second point you raised around you know that move to s4 hana on the one hand you're moving to a database now, you know, a new generation mm. uh, database that can handle, you know, terabytes of data, you know, and, mm. and you know, working, you know, in, in cloud environments. Okay, there, there, there are some limitations, but you, you know, that you can, you can scale your data mm. through the cloud. On the other hand, the more data you have, the harder it is to, to really isolate what's important. You know, the costs go up yeah. a lot as well. Um, so, so as part of that move, there's a real question to be had, a, que a question to be answered around what do you take with you? Mm. Um, and if you're looking at, you know, different routes to S4HANA, um, 
you know, maybe, maybe we'll talk a little bit about landscape transformation, but what SAP would term selective data transition, which is sort of that middle ground between a, a system conversion and a brand new system. Um, when you're looking at selective data transition projects, data is the most critical work stream mm. because you're not, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a new implementation, everything starts and flows from the, the, the new solution that you're moving to. You know, mm. you're, you're starting again, so there's going to be a lot of effort on on how your business operates and and what that means in terms of the solution you're building in S4HANA. Um, and whereas if you're looking at a selective data transition, you're taking you're taking a shell of what you had before, but then applying targeted change. So the mm. the change you're making to that system is much more focused, much more defined, um, and therefore a much smaller work stream. But you but you still got a full scale data migration. Um, where you're going through some functional change and you're going through version change mm. as well. And then you're maybe also going through some change where you've um, selected only a, you know, only a certain percentage of your company codes or only seven to 10 years of history or, or, or whatever it might be. Mm. So in those kind of projects, data is, you know, by far and away the most critical work stream. Um, and that might take some companies, you know, a bit of getting used to. That that's something you know. If you're going into that kind of project, you have to realise that from the start that it's the most critical work stream. Yeah, and there's a lot of focus in terms of business processes and understanding your process and uh, taking. And I'm a great advocate of making you know taking the opportunity to look at the way that you work and transform that. And that makes sense in that move. But you know, a lot of organisations I've been talking to and that are also looking about the interaction between data and the process and actually, you know, what data do they need at what point in the process? And, and that can come from either the back end in terms of collecting the data, but also asking themselves what data don't they have that they need to capture? Mm. Yeah. And there are some, um, I, I think that, yeah, for, for me, it's one of the big, it's one of the big questions for customers who are moving to, to S4HANA. If you look at the different kinds of projects that we do, where you've got projects that are uh, largely driven by mergers and acquisitions or maybe more accurately by a divestment where you're carving out uh, a, a company code or a set of company codes from a system there's very little data change there you're mm. taking it normally as is mm. you're carving it across and maybe you might change the chart of accounts on the way over to reflect the new organization but you're sort of taking it largely unchanged um, but in something that's maybe more um that's 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 driven not by mergers and acquisitions, but by by say a, a business transformation. There's going to be a lot more change mm. to that data as you go across, and a lot more choice around what you take and, and what you what you don't take. Um, I mean, we've we've seen company um, projects this year start with one assumption, and then shortly after we've come on board, completely change that decision mm. around what they need to operate in the new system. So you you've always got this. This balance of, you know, what do we need to operate? So in, in a in a in a in a manufacturing system or in a um, in an energy company, you know, maintenance of maintenance of machinery, you need that history. Yeah. Um, maybe your financial history, you need five years, you need seven years, but you don't maybe need twenty years. So there's always going to be that trade-off between what do we need to operate and and what's the cost and related effort to taking across you know the 20 terabyte database but that's a really interesting point because um well you and i've worked on on the divestments and, and acquisitions and 
I know from my own experience that, you know, some of the organisations I've worked with that have either been acquired or divested historically have a huge problem with data quality from mm-hmm. legacy organisations. And it's been, you know, to, to varying degrees of challenge. But the fact that you're saying that you start projects and they change, that the, the focus changes, is that because actually your starting point with an organisation is, you know, they're coming to you with a, a defined problem. And that at the start of the engagement, you're qualifying that with them is there a kind of a a step in that process that then triggers a degree of conversation to make sure that actually you're achieving really what they want not what they think they want yeah there's a there's a Gartner figure that I I use from time to time (laughs) when encouraging customers to uh, to take it seriously that that over 50 percent of data migration projects fail to some extent either budget timelines business business outcome Hmm. um and that seems yeah i believe that figure that seems a a reasonable figure to me based on based on my experience um and the reason data migration projects struggle is not because it's particularly complicated or harder than any other particular work stream on, on a program or more complex than the solution build it's 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 mainly because it's not paid enough attention until too late in the project. Um, And yeah, I think, you know, anyone that's been on any kind of SAP project would say we should have paid more attention to the data work stream at the beginning. Yeah. Um, That, that for me is the overriding reason that, that data migration work streams or projects uh, struggle fairly regularly. It's lack of, lack of focus on data. Um, and the reason things may change when when we come on a board a project is because we foc- we're focusing on the data. That's what we're there to do. Yeah. So, so yeah, I've I've always thought there's a there's a strong case to be made for bringing in a a data specialist on a on 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 an SAP program rather than leaving it with a more more generalist consulting um, consulting business just because of the of the focus and the expertise and and maybe the the access and understanding of of some of the technical options that are out there. Um, it's not unusual for us to come in and start talking to a customer who maybe haven't even, aren't really even aware of, say, landscape transformation, that technology, what's what the possibilities are, what that means for them. Mm. Um, you know, in terms of the ability to say do a, a full or partial historical data migration, which is not something you could do with data services or or LSMW, you just wouldn't be able to do that kind of project and. And I think in, in this country, in the UK, people aren't always aware of that. If you go to Germany, mm. where landscape transformation is a much more uh, established technology, and I think we talked about this a little bit last year, yeah. um, then, then, then people are aware. But in the UK, it's still, it's still fairly, fairly little known, I would say. Mm. And in, interestingly enough, I know we were chatting a couple of weeks ago, but you know, if you look at the, the S4 journey that organisers have taken – I kind of feel that there's been a, a subtle shift. Um, Pre-COVID, I think everyone was looking at S4. They were, you know, we've got to do it. There was that announcement from SAP to extend support to 2027 and then increasing costs until 2030. Um, but there was generally a view, you know, whether you like it or not, we're going to we're going to we're going to make that that move, and it was seen as a kind of upgrade. I'm probably being unfair, but you know, in 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 the round, we've obviously then had COVID, complete disruption. 
And the conversations I'm having, at least, seem to have a subtle change in that where there is this approach of uh, tackling it more as a business transformation. I think perhaps that there are two steps in that. I don't think necessarily clients are ready to to jump into a full-scale business transformation, but they accept the need to uh, move into uh, a cloud environment to get the agility, to get the cost savings, to get the efficiencies, and then start looking at the transformation in part down the line. But I, I, I'm interested to see how you feel about the market, given given your conversations with clients. Mm. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, just just on on cloud and pe- people moving to cloud and and agility. I think I think also cloud, where it's interesting is. It also opens up a whole other channel of innovation to customers as well. Mm. I think outside of of SAP, and I think I think SAP recognises that with um, with BTP. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at uh, cloud providers like Amazon, and you know everything they have in their kit bag yeah. that they can offer customers once your data is on the AWS cloud. Um, yeah, there's a whole there's a whole business case to be made for cloud beyond. You know, beyond cost, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Around uh, around that, in terms of the move to S four, um, yeah, I think I think the early couple of years of S four, there were lots of system conversions where people had, you know, maybe they have budget, they mm. um, within within IT are looking to get a job done, if you like, ticked, move on to the next thing. Um, there were a lot of new build, particularly for customers who were moving into SAP for the first time. Mm. But I think at the larger end, you know, the, the the really really the biggest multinationals, they weren't doing either of those two things. And I think SAP was getting that feedback from them. Um, I spoke to a few myself who said they had given that to to SAP, um, and said, you know, you're presenting this as a binary choice of complete rebuild or or, yeah. or no change at all. And actually, we want something in the middle. So so that selective data transition route started to become more more better known and, and more popular and I, and I think we're starting you know we, we've done it we've done a number of these projects now we're starting to see customers do this um, and I think SAP themselves have understood this so um, you know that they're, they're they're bringing um, what what they're calling BTC not BTP, another another acronym, oh, no. BTC, the Business Transformation <laughs> Centre. What would we do um, without the, uh, the three-letter acronyms, both both internally in our organisations and SAP? Yeah, but they're, they're bringing um, BTC. BTC to market next year, I believe. And, and, and this is to address that challenge a bit, I think, that they've, they've got from customers. Um, an SAP technology that will allow customers to, to move selectively to S4 HANA, um, probably without a license fee, is what is what I'm hearing. Right. Um, regardless of whether you're on Rise or not, um, they're not talking about it a huge amount at the moment because I think it's not quite ready, and and they don't want to disrupt customers who are who are who are either either just getting ready to start or in flight. But that that will give customers the 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 option to to move selectively selectively and transform selectively. So um, you can pick the organizations, the company codes that you want to take and that you want to leave behind. Right. You could do it in stages. You can take a certain amount of history and you can target that change. Um, so if you want to keep, if you're manufacturing 
processes, your logistics processes are going to stay the same, but you want to change finance, you can make changes to finance, reflect that change in the data migration and leave everything else as it is. So, you know, at, at the moment, that market um, has been left to the companies that specialize in, in landscape transformation. There's, yep. a, there's a number of those we work a lot with, with Natuvion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think SAP is is coming to the coming to the table with this as well, which isn't a great surprise. But I guess customers and organisations we stood there saying, "Why is it taking you so long?" I mean, the it's a surprise it's taken so long. Yeah, yeah. that's you that's know often that's, the case, that, though, isn't it? Yeah, well, completely. I mean, if you look at Signavio as an acquisition, that is partly driven by the fact that most customers that are moving to S four are wanting to reimagine their business processes or at least take the opportunity of saying how how are we running our business process and it's not necessarily about doing the same thing you know quicker and more efficiently it's like why am i doing this in the way i do it at all so that's a a fantastic acquisition and i think it's going to become more and more popular um, with clients as they go through but it it, like say it does it does um it's a pity it wasn't available a few years ago but um Mm. i guess that's just the way that the market goes and i guess also it's probably a reflection that the move to S4 hasn't happened in the speed and way that SAP thought. And I don't blame them for that because I was having a conversation the other day saying, look, this this market is not going how I imagined it was. I was kind of saying 2015, there's going to be a tsunami of of, of migrations. And, and actually that hasn't happened. It's been more of a, a, a steady drip. Whether that gathers pace towards 2025, 2027 um and beyond i don't know yeah and i think if you make it you know it, it is definitely you know, it's more than just a simple upgrade isn't it Mo- mm. moving to s4 um with the you know the data model change the process change the technological change the database change yeah there's a, there's a lot more to it and i think firstly companies you know it even even for a system conversion it's an expensive project it requires right. significant budget that's likely to run into at least seven figures um you know more for the larger companies with multiple with multiple landscapes um and you know if you're going to spend that kind of money then you need to be you know there needs to be some kind of business benefits and business output to that mm-hmm. so um there, there's there's the first point and i and i think they left a lot to the customer um, mm. You know, if you wanted to um, to improve your data, you really needed to, and, and and treat data seriously as part of this move. You needed to go to a third party if you wanted to look at your code and how you could improve your code. You know, it was companies like SmartShift needed to be brought in. Yeah. Um, you know, now now we've got Signavio. You know, so so the, the, there's an option there for process, but it leaves a lot of work to the customer to do. Um, it's not it's not a simple it's not a simple move at all and it also opened up the possibility and I was hearing this from a few customers less recently mm. of well if I'm going to have to go through all of this cost maybe it's not just SAP maybe I should be looking at dynamics as an mm. option mm. Um, maybe I should be you know and, and I think some you know some maybe very simple landscapes finance only landscapes have have moved off on-premise SAP to maybe a cloud product, mm. um, but um, but for maybe that mid-tier of SAP customers, moving off SAP was an option suddenly. Well, if we're going to go through this cost, maybe we should look at other things. Um, so I think SAP did have to make this easier 
I did have to bring a bit more to the table. Yeah, I saw a report the other day that was saying that, you know, a lot of customers are taking the opportunity to use it as, you know, is this my platform of choice moving forward? I think the trouble with that is whenever you see any reports on it, there are always going to be a bunch of customers that are going to use that as leverage to negotiate a deal with SAP. You know, it's mm. not, I, I would be doing it if I was in their position. Um, but but inevitably there will be customers. And indeed, we've seen some, particularly in the UK, in the local government sector, whereby they've looked at it and thought, you know what, this is just overkill. We probably bought SAP in the early 2000s. Budgets were much more generous then than they are today. Cost pressures weren't there. I thought I was going to use SAP wall to wall. I'm not. And now actually maybe I'll take uh, I'll take a, an alternative approach. And I've seen SAP, and to be fair to them, the public sector team really trying to fight back that and be, be much more creative commercially. But then there seems to be another bunch of customers in that that are saying, well, yes, SAP is going to feature, S4 will continue to feature, but the way in which perhaps I imagine my future with SAP wasn't where I was 20 years ago, which was a wall-to-wall vision of the future of SAP, but actually maybe it's a SAP on a clean core on a client platform but then using best of breed and other applications that integrate with that over the top. And if you've even heard of a customer sort of looking at biz apps on, on SAP as a, a viable approach. And it kind of, as we said earlier on, you, we've seen a lot of the, the cloud companies like AWS and, uh, and as you're kind of building out an, an SAP extend strategy, which is come on, bring your, your environment over and then make sense of it, you know, use our tools, create a data lake, whatever it may be, and extend that way. I mean, is that is that where you see the market going? Yeah, I think there were there were customers that maybe moved on to SAP that shouldn't have gone to SAP in the first place. Mm. Maybe too a bit too big, bit too complex um, for you know fairly simple business processes, smaller companies. Um, you know, surprised at the cost over time and the effort it needed and um, yeah, maybe shouldn't have moved that moved that way in the first place. I guess there were others that were encouraged to buy a bit more than they needed. Mm. Say, yeah, um, the amount of customers that have SAP CRM and have moved off fairly quickly when you know when Salesforce came mm. along. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're we're starting to move towards a place that makes a lot more sense of uh, you know customers with a stripped back SAP core that kind of clean core idea, that digital core, the intelligent enterprise with, with SAP at the heart of it. Um, and, you know, whereas, say, even 10 years ago, it was it was SAP or it was Oracle or it was Microsoft Dynamics. Yeah. And, and you know, or one or two others, and, you know, and that was your choice. Now there's a whole range of choices where it's not an either or. Maybe you have SAP, but you also have, you know, another... Another, you know, a whole host of systems around the edges that are sort of going in and out through BTP, um, all yep. sitting, you know, all sitting on cloud. Um, yeah, yep. it's a, it's a much more, it feels like a much more sensible route forward. Not, not, not quite so many eggs in one basket for for customers. Yeah, I mean, the number of customers I speak to, again, it's not unusual to speak to an SAP customer that's running ServiceNow, Salesforce.com, you know, and and yeah. and and are, are working very well to pull those together. And BTP, you would argue, is that kind of uh, integrator platform to to enable that, and and maybe SAP, you know, are doing it to remain 
relevant to their their their, their customers. They have to provide mm. that in order to to continue um, being relevant. Maybe that's a bit uh, bit too bit too out there, but I I, yeah. I, I think it's uh, part of the mix. What what does make sense is for customers who have multiple SAP environments to try and bring those together into one. Mm. Um, it's and 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 whenever you know there's there's value to that just you know most most large international companies are you know going through a lot of mergers acquisitions and divestments mm. and it's much harder if you've got 5 or 10 SAP production systems to 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 make change bring custom bring bring acquisitions in take divestments out of systems yep. if if that's spread across multiple SAP environments so it makes sense where possible to have one single clean core of sap yeah. on s s for hana probably on the cloud and, and i think that's where you know I, I talk to a lot of customers that sort of lay out their environment as it is and you know we've got these say three sap environments we can probably strip that down to one you yeah. know how would we go about that and that's where that that's another example where say a system conversion doesn't work because you get no benefit out of it apart from the fact you now have three systems on s4 hana whereas if you're looking at Either either building new or or a um, or a selective data transformation, you can you can bring those together into one system, and that's there's a lot more there's a lot more business case behind those kind of projects than a, than a simple upgrade. And I think we've got to be fair because I, I mean to, to, to those organisations, you know, I, I certainly know of um, a few global organisations that had multiple instances, but that was purely because 10, 15 years ago they couldn't get the compute power. To, to manage that um and now with a you know with 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 you know cloud that's enabled that to happen and and uh so you know some of this is his historic i think um you know because we have to actually remember it wasn't that that long ago when you know organizations were just unable to achieve that technically well it's, it's now it seems astonishing to think that five ten years ago um Companies from the very smallest to the very largest were managing their own hardware um, and infrastructure. I spoke to somebody who was over in Germany visiting a, a new customer um, just two or three weeks ago, um, who, when they went to see the servers, you know, asked, "What's this over the top of all of these servers?" And it was a, a piece of um, a piece of metal to stop the leaking pipe above dripping <laughs> down onto all the on, onto all the machinery. I mean, what a relief to be able to get rid of that and leave it in the hands of, you know, a company that specializes in in doing that. And, you know, where we are with cloud computing power at the moment, that's only going to get better and better and better. Um, so that, that must be a huge relief to, to companies. I think it took a little while, you know, as, as we were saying earlier, it took a little while to get used to this idea of, of clouds and and is it safe and is it, is it secure? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but I think in terms of, yeah, I, th- I think I think the the proof has been there over the last few years in terms of the resilience and the scale scalability and the cost. Hmm. Um, you know, the ability to move down as well as move up in time in terms of in terms of footprint. Um, yeah, it must be a it's a it's it's a massive improvement in the, in the way companies manage their their technology. I do, and I do remember probably 20 years ago maybe a bit over working for an organization i was managing it for ibm that had their own uh data i was gonna say data center it's more like a data room in a georgian building uh down in the basement which was probably um well would have been uh prone to flooding 
Um, but you know, uh, have, having to send uh, some people out to to try to rub Robert Dias uh, to get a, a little portable air conditioning unit because they, you know, the servers were overheating and uh, yeah, 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 a poor guy um, who I remember well, sort of like in there, sort of like almost in uh, t-shirts and and shorts, you know, desperately trying to yeah. to cool the place down. I mean, it, it, I mean, as you say, it wasn't that long ago, and actually now you shudder when you think about it, really. Mm, absolutely. So, um, what is the future then? Uh, I say, what is the future? I mean, you're you're just starting your journey with with X Materia, but what where you know where are you seeing that market, and, and what are you developing in relation to that? Um, yeah, so we're we're year one. Um, it's gone it's gone really well so far. I think yeah, as, as we said at the beginning, the, the market is there for for this kind of work. It's nice. I think we're in a very nice place, a nice position in that we can. You know, we can choose the relationships that we build with partners. We, we can choose the technology that we work with. Like I said before, we work a lot with Natuvi on their landscape transformation mm. software. Um, but we're also we also have the ability to to not, you know, not necessarily use technology on a particular project if it's not required. So we mm. can we can genuinely do what's in the interest of the customer in in all situations. Um, I think. You know the one the one gap we saw in the market. Um, you know we, we're bringing third-party technology to the table. We're bringing um, you know our own expertise and experience. But um, the one thing that we've seen, well, I've I've seen it going back years really, is when when you start talking with a customer about a data migration, about a carve out, about a move to S4. Um, a lot of them bring us in because they're at a point where they they don't really know where to start. Mm. And what we're building at the moment, um, uh, which we're about to launch in a couple of weeks, but um, presumably will be launched by the time this goes out, is um, is a data discovery platform for SAP, which we're calling Pioneer. Um, and the aim for this uh, software, what we've what we've built it to do, is to answer two key questions that. I, I think any customer of SAP will need to answer before they move forward with regard to data, which is what data do I have and what mm. do we need to migrate? So to be able to build up in an automated fashion, you know, very quickly an inventory of their data broken down by by module and object um, and organization um, and timeline mm. to then allow them to choose what they need to take across to the new system. So what is the impact of choosing five years of history rather than 20 years of history? What happens if we don't take across these redundant companies that we sold off five years ago? Hmm. Those kind of questions, um, to to be able to come in a room with the the answers sort of 90% formed before, hmm. um, before sitting down and, and running a workshop with a customer, um, I, I think is something that, that, that we've always really needed. Yeah. Um, and, I th- and I think the market will hopefully respond positively to. Um, so, so I think that will sit at the core of a lot of that assessment work that we do up front. Um, but other, other than that, no, we, we will be responding to the markets and hopefully working with a lot more customers and, and partners around the UK to to help um, to help them answer some of those uh, those data challenges that they've no, no doubt got coming up over the next five years. Well, well, I'll watch with bated breath. Obviously, this will go out after that launch, but I'm sure it'd be really successful. It's certainly a tool I know that uh, in conversations with my clients that come up time and time again, it's really difficult to quantify that. So mm. being able to to look at the impact, I'm sure will be 
um, really, really powerful and really important to customers on their journeys. Um, ben, uh, I know you're really, really busy. I'd like to thank you for making the time again to, to join me on Subject. It's always a pleasure. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Delighted to be here. Thank you very much. Thank you.